When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Thank you. Next! First, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. no. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> it ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you next energy, yeah? that time of the week where you catch up with your faves and by your faves i mean us raj and i'm hardip and this is your fave podcast thank you next so here we are ready to go and catch you up on the l's that we've taken some that you've taken that we're going to try and turn into lessons and the reason why we do that is so we don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again because you know that's how the universe works that's what i'm told anyway i don't know how the universe works you know you get told that a lot that the universe will serve you the same lesson over and over again until you learn from it i know too much about that and when we're talking about l's we're not talking about maybe your uber eats sending you the wrong food order or you know when they give you prawn toast but they put the lid on or they give you food which is like fried and put the oh that really upsets me so we actually mean the relationship losses that we've taken in friendships, family situations, at work, or even the relationship you have with yourself. Like Carmen, who got in touch with us, and uh, she said, we are so funny and relatable. Uh, and we helped her to start, because Rome wasn't built in a day, to take stock of herself in the most positive way. And she ended a complicated thing with someone who was really destructive. And our beautiful tones helped her, Raj. She said it helped her to forgive her mistakes in that situation, which is really, really cute. I think that is it, right? The most important relationship of them all is the one that you have with yourself. And maybe we haven't really talked about that enough, but I think we're going to start talking about that on this podcast. And as always, we want to know what you want to say thank you next to. We are absolutely dying for it. We're asking for it. We are asking. What are you saying thank you next to? Email us. Hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com and follow us on socials for all the extra tea. Today we gave some motivation. Oh my God, the motivational post today was just, yeah, you need to save that shit. I'd say it's up there with some of the best content. We are at thank you next pod on socials. Yeah, Deepak Chopra ain't got shit on us, man. Yeah, forget. <laughs> Who's that? No, I mean, who is that? Did you go to high school with him? Is that who that is? Oh yeah, Deepak. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Deepak from Colvin. Oh, yeah, Deepak, he went to my school. He did, he did. That's what I did. Every school has a Deepak. Like, our one Mine didn't. was. Oh, did really? you not? Yeah, our one had a. He was like a Dell boy. Like, it was just. He was a lost case, that guy, but anyway. Sounds hot. Sounds like a wrong one that I'd be into. Yeah, listen, he was a wrong one. He always got all the girls. He always cheated on all the girls. My appetite for wrongans needs to... It's got to... You even got thirsty from me just saying this guy's name. I don't understand what's... <laughs> Deepak, yeah? Deepak. <laughs> <laughs> this week is just me and Hardy. So make yourself comfortable. As you might know, last week we checked out our compatibility as friends on the astrology app, The Pattern, where you can also check out if you're compatible romantically. It lets you know if me and you are compatible in a relationship sense. Yeah, you can do bonds twice. So you could do it as a friendship and romantically as well. Why didn't you just check for banner? I'm straight, innit? So how's that going to work? Why are you thinking about logistics? Literally no one cares. All right. I just want to see what it says. All right. How did you not check? I'll do it. I'll do it. I've still got your profile on there. So I'll do it. I'll do it. So at the end of the podcast today, we're sort of keeping with that theme. So I'm going to do an oracle card reading for Hardy because, you know, she got someone else to pull a card for her on Instagram and I wasn't having it. Yeah. So this girl I know, she's a yoga teacher. She was like, oh, I'm pulling cards on her story. I'll pull a card for you kind of thing. Why am I going to say no? And then I told Raj and she was like, you let her do your cards and you've not let me do them. I was like, mate, chill. Oh, there you go. So Raj is going to pull my card later. We're going to pull a card for Hardy. You better think about a question that you want to ask then. <laughs> 
good. Do I have to be specific? How specific? Sometimes like, I ask questions like, what do I need to know over the next six months? Or Oh, yeah. You know what? That's a good generic one. Like, what do the cards want me to know about work? What do the cards want me to know about um, my love life? Shit. I've got bare questions. Thank you. So shit that went down this week. Hardy. Did you know we can now meet six people from two households in the UK? I mean, thank the fucking Lord. I met a couple of people. You know, we had a little catch up. It was really interesting because one of my mates has had a baby and she was kind of asking me, oh, like, don't you think about having a child and stuff like that? And do you want a child and stuff like that? And I was just like, um, I don't really think about having a child. But I mean, I probably do want one, but I want one with a person together would you have one on your own i don't think i want to do that on my own not right now it's definitely not no i want i'd rather have a dog than a child right now you're very good with animals before we just caught up i was watching loose women and loose women were like oh you know you need to know if your partner wants a child before you get with them if, if you want a child and i was just like oh, okay that's interesting because i don't really if I'm chatting to someone, I'm not going to be like, do you want a child? Because I don't really fully know where I stand on that, like in the sense of... I feel the same. Like I never really knew. And my ex, when I used to talk to him about it, he'd be like, you'll probably change your mind. And I don't know if I have. So I don't feel like it's a necessary part of life like other people do. You know how some people are like, oh, I get married, I get a mortgage, I get kids. Like I don't see that as a thing. I look at other people and I see what they... Like I see families... And I feel so removed from that. Like it's not on the agenda. When I hear about my friends having babies or people, I'm like, whoa, our lives couldn't be any more different. I don't know if it's for me. But then sometimes I look at kids and I think they're cute and stuff. But then I also think about the world and whether I want to bring someone into the world. Okay, this sounds probably a bit morbid, yeah? But like, life's not always that great. And I'm like, do I really want to make someone endure this? Do I really want to make someone go to school, maybe get bullied? Obviously not saying that's all that's going to happen. It's, you know. I've always thought later down the line that if I was single and if I was successful enough to be comfortable financially and all of that, and I was at a stage of my life where I was thinking about that, I would just adopt. Mm. That is something that I've sort of thought about. It's not like I completely don't want them, but if I was in a relationship with someone who was, who I thought was really sound of mind, a healthy person and we were gelling really, really well. Then maybe I'd think about it. It's not something I wouldn't think about, but I don't want to do it by myself right now. And if I was to do it by myself, it would be when I'm completely established, all my work shit, I've got it out of me and I've got a house and I can feed more mouths and whatever. And then I'd probably do it. And all of what you said, like it makes me feel like actually I would love to bring someone into the world and like bring them into my world and my view on the world and be like, this is how we do things. And if someone's bullying you at school, this is how we're going to handle it. I mean, I don't know how I'll handle it. I'll probably beat them up myself, but. I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, do I even want to bring anyone into this world? I feel like that's quite depressing. What if it's an adoption and they're already in the world, but then you're just, it's just you looking after them? Yeah, that's a shout. Cause then it's like, you're making the best of, you're going to hopefully do the best. A hundred percent. It's not until I moved to London until I met women who were like, oh, if I'm 35 and I've not met the one, I'm just going to have a kid on my own. But I'm meeting more and more women who say things like that. I've met women who say that, but I've never met one who's actually done it. Like a, a lot of people say it and they don't go ahead with it. Maybe it would be cool. Not like a little project. Not like a little art project. I'm joking. I know it takes up your entire fucking life. Even if I was watching Kardashians this weekend, like um, it was all about Kendall saying that she's the only sister that doesn't have kids. And sometimes because it was lockdown, she was really alone. And she was like, oh, maybe I should have kids. And everyone was like, you're a fucking supermodel. Calm down. You've, you're 24. You've got so much time. Calm yourself. And then Chloe basically gave her Malika's baby. And then they gave her three of the toddlers to look after at once. And she was like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm cool. I don't want a kid. Like, <laughs> she was like, I can wait. But that's mad, isn't it? Why would having a kid to keep you company because you're lonely? Okay, so you're going to procreate, <clears throat> you're going to bring something else into the world to keep you your lonely ass when you're bare rich. Just make friends and do nice shit, man. And obviously look at who she's around. All her sisters have got kids, but that's mad. I think there are certain friendship groups that kind of work like that as well, where they're like, oh God, so-and-so's got married, so I need to get married now. Or, oh yeah. You know, so-and-so's had a kid, so I need to have a kid now. People I knew from school did that. I remember one of them were like, oh, everyone else is getting married, so I did. But Hardy, is this a conversation that you have when you're talking to someone or like in a relationship or whatever? Like, do you have these conversations like, do you want a kid? 
Do I want a kid? Now? Yeah, I'd have to. Okay. Going forward, you have to. How can you not? And I have in the past. In the past, I've, I've been like, nah, no, no. It's not my interest. Next. Holly patiently messaged me earlier this week and she was like, she sent an email to our Thank You Next podcast email. To remind myself. Reminder to tell Raj what work colleagues said about her. Immediately me, I got my back up. I was just like, what the fuck is someone saying about me at work? They were talking shit about you, mate. Yeah, it's all right. Come, bring it. Mate, they talk pure shit about you. Bring it. Come. Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. You wanna know what they you know what they said? Hey guys. Um I just wanted to say I've listened to a couple of episodes now and I really get like that Raj is definitely the more sensible one out of you two. Like, 100%. <laughs> You're going for war, yeah? You're going for war over that. How am I the more sensible? She most- thinks you're more sensible. What episodes has she been listening to? She listened to the Kalechi one. What did I fucking say? Is that all she said? Yeah, that was it. I don't know if I am the more sensible one, but yeah, man. Like- so I was offended to start <laughs> off with because I think I'm more sensible sometimes. But actually, I think we're sensible in different ways. All right, go on then. Tell me. Talk to me. Uh, I think I'm a dickhead, but I wouldn't describe myself as a sensible person. I don't think you're a sensible person. I don't think I'm sensible, love. I don't think you're the sensible one, man. Maybe you need to listen to a couple more episodes and then make a judgment. Definitely update us on your thoughts of that. And, you know, obviously, if anyone wants anything to say about that, let us know. But what I love is Raja's ready for fucking war. I was like, bring it Aja! Aja means come here and Punjabi. Thank you for that. Thanks, Emma. Thanks for listening. I don't know if that's a compliment. Oh, God. Stop. You, even, right. So you wanted war. That's all it was. You still want war. <laughs> I, someone said something nice about me, kind of, but I'm looking for war. Next. Last week on the episode, we chatted about the one and that other show. What was the other show? Soulmates. Yeah, they're both very similar because they have this thing about, they're both dating apps. You can basically find your soulmate and the one via your DNA or via your retina or something like that. Yeah, very futuristic dating practices. Anyway, I told everybody that Hottie Eddie, lol from work, is on the show. So I asked Eddie what it was like being on the show because he played a character who had to get off with someone else in a public space. His role was basically just to get off with this girl, which is mad. He had a girlfriend at the time, which is even more insane. And then I also asked him whether he would go on a dating app like this. Because I realised, me and Raj realised towards the end of the last week, we, we've been not chatting to any boys. No boys have uh, no boys have been on the podcast thus far. So we've got some boys in. I appeared at the start of episode one in like, I don't know, first 15 minutes or so. And the scene is me and my girlfriend, on-screen girlfriend, not real girlfriend, getting frisky in a bar. And then I get into an argument with the main characters and then I smash one of their heads on the table and break his nose. So it's a pretty jam-packed minute, really. Um, But I was going to talk to you about the kissing stuff because it's wild. You literally turn up on the day. It's one day filming. You get in your costume. You get told to stand in your places. They say, okay, right, start kissing. And then they say action. And you're just getting off with a stranger. The stage direction was he grabs her boobs. So I'm just there doing that at, I don't know, half nine in the morning with a girl that I've never met before. So pretty bizarre situation. So I thought, right, how can I make this easier? The night before, they put you up in a hotel, a really nice hotel, life of an actor, can't complain. And I thought, right, she's going to be here as well. I'm going to find her out on Instagram. This sounds dodgy, isn't it? I'm finding her out on Instagram. I'm going to say, right, let's just, let's, yeah, like, are you free? Do you want to just, like, grab a drink or something? Just to break the ice, you know, because it's really awkward just meeting on the day and then like meeting for like half an hour and then just instantly just start getting with her. So I was like, right, let's do a little meeting first. So I sought her out, messaged her. She was probably like, what the fuck? Who is this freak? But I was like, yeah, let's meet up. So meet her in the lobby of the hotel. And I was really into golf at the time. (laughs) And the hotel uh, was a nice hotel. And it had a driving range there. Anyone who doesn't play golf, driving range is like not a proper course. It's like where you just basically trying to hit the ball as far as you can over like a huge stretch of stretch of grass basically so i was like look let's let's go let's go play golf let's do it let's just you know i mean it's now i'm now i'm recalling it it sounds a lot like a date it really wasn't a date i had a girlfriend at the time so it really really wasn't a date but i was like let's just break the ice so here i am playing golf with this girl that i've never met knowing that tomorrow I'm going to be, quote, grabbing her boobs, according to the script. Anyway, it went great the next day when we were filming. I mean, you do you do like 
over 10 takes I and mean, each take is like i don't know 15 20 seconds of kissing it's it's intense first like three or four takes awkward really awkward like and then it just starts to get normal and then it just starts to get boring so like you just and then uh, by like take seven eight nine you're just like talking about what you're having for tea that night and then they're like action and then you're just like grabbing the boobs and getting off of each other and then they're like cut and then you're like yeah so i might have potato smileys actually yeah. i don't know um so yeah it's a weird life weird weird life I would be pissed off at the whole thing. First of all, I'd be pissed off if you kiss another girl. Obviously, it's your job. You've got to do it, whatever. He just took a girl on a date, Hardy. If you want to meet up or whatever, fine. I would even say going for a drink, I, I would understand that. A drink, yeah. I would understand that. Or even if you ate together because you guys were in the hotel. So it's like you had dinner together, then you caught up. Yeah, but the golf is just an activity, isn't it? I don't know. It just feels like a date. Yeah, a bit datey, isn't it? There's levels, in it? And I think he surpassed them. He was just like, yeah, let's go on a golfing date. Yeah, but I understand he wants to break the ice. But I mean, surely you'd break the ice after the third time of getting off with them when you had to. Right. So I asked him about if he would actually do the app and he said... I don't think I could say... I think the temptation would just be too strong. I mean, you'd want to know, right? I mean, come on. You'd want to know. But then the thing is, though, even if I got matched with someone, I'd be questioning it the whole time. Because I'm just like, I'm always... I'm like a serial checker. Like, I'm checking taps. I'm talking locks. I'm talking light switches, plug switches. I'm... I check them all, trust me. Which basically I think is like a lack of trust in like things that are actually quite stable or trustworthy. So I just think if I if I got matched with someone and we're like happy in a relationship and then they just like do one little thing to piss me off, I'm like, technology's broke, it's done, it's wrong, they got it wrong, send me back, send me back. Run run the system again because they piss me off, they don't do the washing up, they smell, I don't know, like, do you know what I mean? I just, I'd be questioning it the whole time. I'd be looking for like holes in it all the time and just thinking that uh, they found an error in the system somehow. So personally, I think, uh, I just think it creates more drama than it's worth. But at the same time, you couldn't not. I mean, come on. Imagine being with someone. Imagine being with someone and going and just thinking, yeah, but is there someone better out there? you got to do it, surely. Okay. So he would check the app and I'm assuming he means he would check it even if he was in a relationship. Oh, I don't think we Ooh. got that. He'd check, he'd check it basically. It sounds like that. It sounds like the temptation would be too strong and he'd just want to know because he's a serial checker. So, okay, that's interesting, but he wouldn't believe it. But then it's like, if you're checking it, you're kind of buying into believing it. Yeah. There's an episode of Soulmates, right? It's about two people who are married and... Her brother has taken the test and he's found this wife and he's having this lovely life with his wife. And she's like, her whole thing is like, would you take the test? Should I take the test? And she goes to take the test, Hardy, but she leaves her appointment and she comes back home. And then she tells her husband and she's like, oh, I was going to take the test. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, babe. I've taken the test because you've been acting really weird. And I've met my soulmate. I met her last night. So then they break up and it cuts to their future, right? They've broken up. Their kid is like, she's pick, she's dropping off their kid, picking up their kid on weekends, whatever. They're doing their little things. They're seeing each other. He's so still in love with her. And like, she sees his soulmate, whatever. And he's still so in love with her. She's with someone else. She's with her soulmate. But them two are still so in love with each other. And I liked that, that that kind of questioned it a little bit. And it was like... Why did they leave then, the little shitheads? You can't just believe that this is your soulmate because someone is telling you that this is your soulmate. If someone like came along and said, Hardy, Raj is your mum, are you going to start believing that I was your mum? Yes. Instantly with no... <laughs> instantly with no question. Instantly with no questions. It'd just be like, yeah. I, I don't know. I just... Yeah, I think all this shit is so prescribed to us. Like everything is prescribed to us, isn't it? Like we always talk about filters and stuff. They tell people how they should look. And, you know, even TV shows, it's like they're telling us how we should look, what the ideal body type is. And I just feel like now you guys want to talk about a dating app that's going to tell us who we should be with. Like, Jesus, let us have a bit of magic. Let us have a bit of choice in our life. Mm, interesting. Everything's fucking prescribed to you. Is that the future? You wake up, your fucking breakfast prescribed to you because it's healthy or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, fuck off. If I want McDonald's for breakfast, I'm having it. Fucking hell, there you go. Fucking. Look at that. Anyway, what did you think of your matey's little take on the app? I feel like, there you go. When there's temptation, you have to look in it. And he's just proved it. The first male voice on our podcast just proved Bit of temptation, you've got to have a little look, little cheeky look. The first male voice on our podcast has just proved that a little bit of temptation and that's it, you're gone. There you go. Oh, naughty, naughty. Thank you, next. 
Okay, so it's time to say thank you next to something that's happened this week. Young Philly was trending on Twitter. I got roped into this because I, I don't know, it just really grabbed my attention. You got roped into this? Zapped in, zapped in, it zapped me. Like you got, you got into this basically. Young Philly was trending on Twitter because a lot of girls have been taking to TikTok. You know, there's all these TikToks like, tell me about the time you met a celebrity and they were really nice. Or tell me about the time you met a celebrity and they were so rude. So there's one of, tell me about a time that you got blocked by a celebrity and talk about why. Oh, so it's that one. It's that. And all these girls are being like, so I got blocked by this guy. I didn't even know who he was, but he was messaging me and like he wanted me to meet up with him, blah, 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 blah. So some of them have met him allegedly for sex. Some of them have met him allegedly for no sex. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think so. the conversation I saw was one girl saying that, oh, he was talking to me, talking to me. And then when he realized I wasn't going to meet him, he blocked me. And she was like, okay, so that's my encounter with a celebrity. A couple of other girls have had similar ones. But then there's girls out there that are saying, yeah, we had sex and then he blocked me. And, and what we want to say thank you next to here is like, you know what, young Philly, you live your life however you choose to live your life, right? I'm not getting involved in that. No, if it's true, it's really bad. So first of all, like obviously, unless we're, where's the proof? Obviously, I'm not saying these people are going to lie. But say if it was a lie to like take him down, that's not okay. But if this is how this guy is moving, that is disgusting behaviour. All right, that's fine. You can say it's disgusting behaviour, but like, I'm sure me and you might know men that do this. Yeah, but that doesn't make it not disgusting, does it? Meeting girls, fucking them and then blocking them. But the thing that sort of irked me the most out of everything, because I think young Philly's been really, really open about like, he's just down to smash and that's all he's about. Mm. And I think he's always made jokes about it, but he's, he's being open about it by those jokes, right? It doesn't look like he's promised these girls anything either. It doesn't look like they were in a relationship. It's just literally like, are you coming over? If you don't know someone and you're just chatting to them and you're like, are you coming over? Yeah, but imagine if you said, no, I'm not coming over and then I blocked you. Yeah, then at least then I'm glad you've gone because all you wanted was sex, fam. So There was still not a way to move, innit? Do you want to have sex? No. Okay, block. My issue with it isn't necessarily that. My issue with it is more how the internet has handled it. Everyone on the internet is taking the piss out of how these girls look. The fact that they're all white girls. That's not the focus of the convo. And being really, really mean about how these girls look like saying like, oh, young Philly is out here like talking about these girls on, what is that Foot Locker show he does? If the shoe fits. On If the shoe fits, he's like chatting about these girls and being like, whatever, whatever. But he's out here fucking caretakers and things like that. It's just not nice. Like, and I think the point of this conversation was trying to be like, oh, young Philly is just after sex. And that is like the story. But the story has now become, oh, all the girls he's sexing our butters no i don't like this this lad chat it's like um one time i i got trolled on twitter by like football hooligans and they were just all being really mean about the way i that's what they do it's so horrible so mean and hateful when someone comes for the way you look so low level man it's just really sad like i can see the tweets now and they're just here like yeah here it is young philly always has smoke for girls on these youtube shows but he's out here sexing dinner ladies lol Young Philly has zero quality control. He's out here shagging like he found out he has two weeks to live. Young Philly chasing women that look like they got escorted out of Weatherspoons for being too drunk. This is just not the reaction to anything that we should be having. Basically, by becoming that, by doing that, you're effectively becoming a troll. You are basically a troll then, aren't you? Like I know people think they're being smart and funny and like they've got like 3.1k likes. So, oh, my tweet went viral. But what are you doing? You're actually a troll. You're not doing a smart, savvy comment on, I don't know, politics or something important that you're taking a a smart take on and being funny about it, but actually making a point via your funniness. You're being a dick. You're actually just being rude about how women look. Like one of the girls, she's just like dancing about, like she's doing a little TikTok dance in her hoodie, wearing no makeup with her hair up. And just laughing at like how high pitched young Philly was during the sex. So I'm just like, she's not there like to try and prove to you guys that she's fucking pretty. And who are you to comment on whether she's attractive or not? Anything that happens nowadays, it just gives people an excuse to troll. And they feel like they have a right to troll. And they feel like they can give this opinion of trolling under the guise of being funny. It's not funny. It's not cool. And it's it's just not cool to 
say what our worth is based on how we look all the fucking time. It's so boring. And you know what? That might be his type. Like, leave him a fuck. So what? Like, fuck off. Ugh. So basically, we're just saying thank you next to people on Twitter trying to be mean to people and think they're being funny, but they're in- effectively, you're just trolling. You're just a troll, homie. If you do see like those funny comments about other people putting them down, you know, instead of liking them and retweeting them, maybe think about how it would make that person feel to know that they are being trolled by this many people on the internet. Have some compassion. Now me? Do you know what a dick I am? Do you know what a dick I am? Do you know what I do when I see stuff like that usually? Do you report it? Yeah, obviously I can't with this because like every tweet is like, like I'd be there all day if I did it with this, but... Yeah, I always report things. Yeah, usually with stuff like that, I'll report it to Twitter and then Twitter usually gives you an option be like, pick five tweets from these tweets that are also offensive. And usually the person will always have five other offensive tweets. And then they, they actually mm. tweet you like later on and they'll be like, oh, thank you for your complaint. We've actually suspended this account. And I'll be like, thanks, man. Yeah, be a good, uh, be a good uh, human, innit? Thank you. Next. So we're going to get into our lessons, finally. Someone taught me. Not to let others project their fears onto my life and the decisions that I make. Tell me more. So I recently spoke to my dad about, I don't know, I was just chatting to him, whatever. He watches a lot of Crime Watch and he started saying to me, I live in London, he lives in the Midlands, saying, watch where you're going with your laptop, watch where you're going with your phone, don't walk around at night. And you know, the news is always, always horrible. And he watches a lot of, watches a lot of Crime Watch. So he was basically just like regurgitating all the stuff that he'd seen, kind of, and just like putting it back onto me. The fear and the things of what not to do. And I've made content about this before. I've made it into a joke because he does it so much. Um, and I feel like it did calm down a little bit towards the end of last year I've never noticed it being particularly really really bad I think he's always had it like I have a memory now as I think about it I stayed at my friend's when I was um literally in primary school stayed in her back garden in two tents in Coventry like it's not that it's not that deep and like he came over and just checked the back of the fence and like looked over it and looked around and oh but bless him he watches a lot of crime watch that's gonna mess with you yeah, he's a, you know what, he's a very sweet man and I do feel like safe when I'm with him. But at the same time, him and a lot of other people I know have so much fear about like life and what it's going to do to you. And I know that also comes out on the podcast with me. Like I said earlier, oh, kids. And then I said straight away something fearful about having kids. I know that, you know, I'm trying to deal with that myself. So anyway, I had this conversation with him on my birthday and he's telling me what not to do your laptop, blah, blah, blah. I walked away from the conversation and I didn't feel like it affected me at the time. And then I went back to my flat and those fears were, I was thinking about it. I was worried in my flat, worried about the doors, worried about my phone, worried about my laptop. He even made a comment like, but do you even know about your housemates? Like, do you even know who they are? Like, don't walk around at night. And I live in London. Like, we do walk around at night and it's normally fine. COVID's been different because it, the streets are actually empty. What I realised after that was I think I just needed a little bit of space to just be on my own and think by myself without anyone else's opinions affecting me. And then I spoke to him again a few days later when what he'd said had kind of washed away a little bit. Straight away he said again, oh, your laptop, your phone. And I goes, dad, listen, I tried to like, nip it in the bird and just be like, come on now. How do you think this is going to make me feel? Yeah, I did try and say it as best as I could to just like nip it in the bud and be like, listen, please stop saying this stuff to me because you're actually putting your fears onto me because then it affects the way, you know, when I'm in my flat on my own, when I'm like sleeping, when I wake up, it doesn't make me feel very good. Or like when I'm walking around and, you know, I have enough fear as that is walking around as a woman on my own. Last night I went, I wanted to empty my recycling bin at half seven or half eight. It was getting dark and I was like, okay, the lamp hadn't come on outside. So I was like, okay, do that tomorrow morning in the light. I'm not an idiot. We already live with that all the time, knowing that we're women and we have to be safe and careful. Uh, living in London, I've watched people on mopeds steal people's laptops and phones in front of my face. So I'm already very careful. But yeah, so it did frustrate me a bit. And yeah, I did nip it in the bud. I think as well, sometimes, you know, men, they don't realise what we are dealing with anyway. And that we already have that sixth sense of we have to be careful about this, 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 this. And we have to make certain decisions about what time can we go like even you, what time can you do that Sainsbury's run? What time can I do whatever I'm doing? Like the other day I had to call you because I was walking to meet my mate outside a bloody corner shop in daylight. In daylight. And it was a day where 
I had decided to dress a little bit less COVID-ish. <laughs> so I wore a crop top with a cardigan twin set and the cardigan was open. You could see my, I guessed my boobs were out a bit and you could see my stomach, right? And I was walking down the road and I was still in trainers and joggers at the bottom. But anyway, I had to ring Hardy because I was just like, men were like staring at me like they were going to eat me, but also like they were going to approach me. So I was like, the easiest thing for me to do right now is call someone. I called Hardy. I was just pretending I was really, really busy in conversation. I couldn't even see these people. But there were points where like people were getting things out of their car and they would stop and they would just be staring at me and they're looking like they were going to literally come up to me and say, and it's just like, dude, I'm just walking to the freaking corner shop in my trainers, in daylight, in my area, you know? And it's just like, ugh. Like even, you know, because I'm trying to lose weight and Haroon's lost a lot of weight, my friend Haroon, um, who you'll hear about on this podcast a lot anyway. So he goes for daily walks and stuff. And he's always like, why don't you go for a daily walk down to the Broadway and back? And I'm like, mate, I can't walk around my own area looking like shit mm. without getting horned out or, you know, me thinking that someone's going to grab me and put me in a van. Mm. I think it's not. Even with my walks and stuff, Hardy, I don't go for walks alone unless I go to the park literally across the road from me. But I get really bored of that. Or I'll walk 50,000 times around my garden. I don't even like go up to Ostley Park or whatever alone because... I don't feel safe. Mm. And I think sometimes men, like even Haroon, he, he's he got a sister. He had no idea like that that was what I would experience if I walked down the road mm. that way. So I, I just think men just don't really get it. I get what your dad, like obviously your dad's like trying to be like, be careful. Like I watch Crime Watch. This is what I see. But it's also like, dude, like we're women. Like we- We live this. Whatever level of careful you are, we do that times two. I completely get it about like you carrying around- all this fear and having to think about extra things that you might not necessarily have even been worried about. Every time I first say I'm going home, he'll be like, you get an Uber? Yeah. Okay, right. Don't put your laptop in the back. And I'm like, my, okay, dad, I would never just leave my laptop in the boot of someone's car. I'm not a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. And just like, oh, how do you even know the Uber driver's safe? I, was like, I don't know the fucking Uber driver's safe, but now thanks for plotting that in my head. Uh, yeah. This is what we've grown up with. I was just thinking the first time when I started noticing people looking at me different when I was like 12 or 13 like come on like we know this shit and I feel the same way walking around my area I try and not let it hold me back but I know in summer if I want to wear a skirt or something or just I want to be not boiling hot can't even walk down the fucking road man I always take my car to places and then just you know like if I do go austerly in my shorts and I go on my jacks. I'll, I'll take my car and then I'll go to the park because I know. But you'd never get a bus there or like walk. I won't walk there. I, it's in, it's walking distance. I won't walk there. It's stupid for me to take my car, but I'll take my car. Obviously, I've got no choice because I haven't got a car, so I would. Yeah. But um, times when I've walked out, so I remember actually specifically, I was going to someone's house like for the night, and I was wearing a play suit. It was boiling. Honestly, it was so hot, Raj. I wrapped something that would cover my legs. So I always wear like a long, sh you know, like a check shirt or whatever. Yeah. I just had it round. So like, yeah, you can see my thighs at the front, but at the back. Yeah, you couldn't see nothing. It's ridiculous that we have to think about shit like that. It's fucking pathetic that we have to think about shit like that. Imagine if a guy ran around in his running shorts and I made it. Men don't. Oh my Ugh. God. The other day, me and Pav were sitting in Osterley and the sun had set. And we decided to just sit on this bench and watch the moon come up or whatever. It was really lovely. But it's like, we noticed in the park, it was only just men walking around by themselves. And it's just because mm. that is the level of privilege a man has. We were just like, mm. how are these guys just, and it's like, because they feel safe. They feel safe, like doing their own thing, going for a leisurely walk in the moonlight. We could never do that. And we were only there because we were 10 steps away from the park entrance and our car was at, right outside. And you were together. But even then it was like, we were playing music, we were zoning out, we were having fun. But I was just like, oh my God, like I have to, any noise I heard, I was like keeping my wits about me. Cause I was just like, I might have to elbow someone in a minute. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, even though we are together, but we're still two fucking girls. Like in a dark park so i feel fine when i have someone another girl with me like i don't mind that i feel extra vigilant i feel responsible for the other girl that might be my warring nature lord we'll get we're gonna get into that aren't we i'm ready for whoever like i'll elbow you i'll elbow you out of my way the fears that people had when i was growing up because i was always very vocal about what i wanted to do and what i wanted to be and i would always be like i'm gonna make films i'm gonna be a radio presenter i'm gonna be a tv presenter i'm gonna do all of this and like, even my teachers would be like, is that 
a good choice for you? Do you know how you're going to do that? And I would sit there and I'd be like, yeah, this is how I'm going to do that. And I would rare off all these things. Mm. But it's like, even your teachers are trying to instill this fear mm. into you just because it's something that they could never envision themselves doing or anyone they know doing. They're going to literally like put fear into you as a young child that they're supposed to be inspiring and be like, are you sure? Is that really what, do you think you can do that? And I used to sit there and I'd be like, well, if Denise Van Outen can do it, I can fucking do it. And obviously this was a long time ago because it was when Big Breakfast was on and I was like, oh, her job looks really fun. Mm. I've experienced that from not necessarily my parents, but like people in my life, like around me that have just like been like, you, you won't make it in that industry. You won't do it. Like you can't do it. Like it's not a thing. This is actually really funny. So um, someone we met. Oh, wow. So someone we both know, I first started working at a at one establishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said to them, oh, my dream is to work somewhere else. Yeah, minor, yeah. And they said, you need to walk before you can run. Who and the maybe- fuck said that to you? One sec, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. There is a point of you do have to do your work. But that person... One second, Hardy, one minute, one minute. So just so you know, listener, what Hardy is describing is working in the same job, in the same place, just different companies. That's all she's describing right now. Yeah. The I... same job, the same responsibilities, the same skill set you would need, everything, same. And I remember, I, obviously, I still remember. That was six years ago, seven years ago, and I still remember. But you're working everywhere now, so... I think you fucking start me now. See, I already have enough, enough fear to deal with, you know, of people putting it in me or fear I've got of myself without other people adding to it. But imagine someone, a young person coming to you and saying, oh, that's my dream and squashing it just like that. They didn't shit the dream because two years later I was there. I just think like it's really important to fine tune those things that people are saying to you. Like you can take them in, you can acknowledge like, is this something I should be listening to or something I shouldn't? That's the thing. Being removed a little bit that everything's an opinion not the facts. It's just an opinion. They ain't got facts, mate. Yeah. They, If they had facts, most of them wouldn't be where they're sitting right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think some good advice I've ever had is, and anyone, anytime anyone gives me good advice, it's always like, who do you look up to? What would they say? Like, who do you see as inspirational? What have they done? As opposed to taking advice on a little side note, in terms of squashing people's dreams, I also have family members that have squashed other people's dreams that I know and I care about. And I remember just saying like, look at those people and what their lives are living. How are you going to let these people who literally... Yeah. Yeah, mad, mad. Anyway. These little worker ants, how are they going to understand like Basically. That? How are they going to understand what a bumblebee does? Do you know what I mean? They can't. Raj, They're not going to know fucking, what a butterfly does. What you just said there, what you have just said there has eclipsed the last 15 <laughs> episodes, 14 episodes of podcasts. Worker ants. <laughs> Mate, there you go. Fucking bumblebee worker ants. That's everything. What are you saying thank you next to? I'm saying thank you next to people shitting on your dreams by putting their own fears onto your life. Yeah. And you know what we do when people shit on our dreams? We scoop it up. We scoop it up and we put glitter on it. We make it art. We make it art. You make it art. We make it art. I met him once. Did you? Best day of my life. Did you ask Cheeks clap? No, but I got a picture with him. Sean Paul, we're talking about guys. Make it clap. Thank you, next. All right, so now it's time for lesson two. This one is coming from Raj. So one tap me. Vegetarians dating non-vegetarians or non-vegetarians dating vegans or vegetarians dating vegans. Is that confusing? Lol. It's not necessarily a lesson. It's more of a conversation that I've always been very, 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 very curious about. And we would love you to get involved in. If you have anything to say about this, email us at hithankyounextpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a voice note. We do have a voice note from someone. And again, it's a male voice because we fully recognize that there haven't been enough male voices on this podcast. And we're all about diversity and equality. So here is a male voice. I feel like pretending that men don't exist would be the real equality. Because we have to eclipse them a bit and then they can come back. Then they can come back into the world. Where are they going to go? I don't know, to Ireland somewhere. So I'm veggie. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Raj, is it? I'm a meat eater, but I don't eat red meat. I try to drink oat milk at all times, but there are some times where if I make an Indian tea, I'll put real milk in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, I tend to just eat chicken and turkey and fish. We thought we should ask an actual vegan who actually has this problem. Well, for me, as a vegan, uh, I couldn't really date a non-vegan because why do you get with anyone in the first place? You know, you you want to get with someone that's of a similar mindset as you, has the same values, similar opinions. And for me, if someone's not got enough compassion to not eat meat or consume dairy products, then I just don't think it's going to work out like, you know, how could I cop off of a bird knowing full well that she's had dead animals inside her mouth or she's been drinking milk, which just comes from an industry of cruelty? Yeah, that just isn't for me, really. If you're going to get with someone, you want someone to be on the same wavelength as you. And um, if you're a dirty meat eater, then uh, you ain't coming nowhere near this. You know what I mean? You ain't coming nowhere near me. Fucking hell. I didn't, I didn't know what I was saying, getting myself in for that. You know what? Um, I'm glad like he said what he said because I always say this and I know couples who are like one's a vegetarian and one's a meat eater and obviously fine, like they make separate dinners, they try to incorporate more vegetarian meals, la-di-da-di-da. I'm assuming if you're vegetarian, it's, it's an ethical choice, right? So ethically, if that's where you're at, how can you kiss someone who is eating meat? Because effectively by kissing them, snogging them, whatever with them, are you not consuming meat via their saliva or whatever so i've never really understood that and i have to say as well where i'm going lately and how i feel like where i'm at on my food journey i kind of feel like i probably will end up being vegetarian by the end of the year nothing excites me anymore like i used to get really excited by fried chicken and stuff and it's not doing it for me anymore and i feel dirty afterwards and I can't eat cows anyway because I think they're too fluffy and cute. And I, I'm heading in that direction. So I'm fully aware of that. But I have to be really, really honest. Like, take me back a year ago. If I was talking to someone on a dating app and they said to me they were vegetarian, I would be like, ah, oh, so I can't have fried chicken with him and enjoy like a KFC bucket with him or he's not he's not a fun guy. Like, we can't even, you know, there's a, like, what's Nando's going to... He's not a fun guy. What's Nando's going to be like with him? Like, what's, what's what are we going to do? Like, how, how am I going to eat fried chicken with this guy? Like, and that was me being a dick. Yeah, fried chicken was the last thing that I was like, oh man, like, that's the one thing that I was like, oh, how am I going to live without it? So I've only been veggie a year. And I remember when I went to my friend's like birthday, we all went to Nando's and she bought her partner and he was eating a beanie burger and I like laughed at him. I was like, why are you even here? I was such a dick. I was so like judgmental and rude. I'm so sorry for doing that to you. But I genuinely used to think that. What I can think though is if you love someone and they're veggie and you're a meat eater and you actually like love them or whatever and they're eating and they've finished eating and then like you kiss them later, I think they probably love each other and they probably wouldn't be like, oh, wait, hold on. You had me earlier. I, I can't imagine if you actually genuinely love the person. They're better than me, not you. You're not eating it. But I understand through saliva, then you're then consuming some sort of product. I remember once like someone I was with ate a sausage roll and I didn't eat the sausage roll. But like it was a couple of hours later, they saw me and we snogged and I could taste that sausage roll in their mouth. Yeah, that's not the one. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's rank. It's not cool to like go shame other people's lifestyles in the same way the voice note is shaming other people. You know, I wouldn't call someone a dirty... You're a dirty meat eater. I wouldn't go around calling someone that. And also... Hardy, he called me a dirty meat eater. How do you feel about that? Um, Just let you do what you want. You're on your own path, your own journey. You know what I mean? The other thing is about milk. I have da- like dairy and sometimes I don't have dairy. Yeah. I feel like there's a couple... It's like changes, isn't it? So back in the day, when our families were in India, they probably had a cow. Yeah, they all had cows. It it wasn't the industry that it is now. And then it's habit, isn't it? So it's like carrying on. If you go to India now, like how everyone rolls, well, even in the bind, like it will be the milk is usually... In the the village and that. There's a buffalo in your back garden that you look after and is part of your family. And you usually get your milk from there. So it's like changes, isn't it? Because obviously they would have come to this country and they're not going to have a buffalo in their back garden or whatever. No. Wait, you're a vegetarian, right? Mm. How long have you been vegetarian for? 
like a year and a bit. So do you give a shit like when you're dating someone if they eat meat or not? I haven't been dating anyone, but if I was to date someone and then they're going to be eating meat. I was talking to someone the other day, two meat eaters, about how I eat veg and they were looking at me like I was alien. And I was like, well, I just try to eat veg as well. So I'm getting my five a day and I'm being like, I feel good about myself for eating like a good amount of vegetables. You have regular bowel movement if you eat vegetables. They didn't think it was that deep. That's not obviously the only reason. Um, preparing meat just makes me feel a bit weird. So yeah, if if the other person can't get with that, if they think it's weird eating, they're like, oh, veg- ooh, that's rabbit food. I, I mean, if that's their idea, then no, it's not going to work, is it? If they're going to sit there and eat like meat in front of me, uh, I don't know, I ain't got there yet. I haven't. Would you be bothered if you went to Nando's, you got the beanie burger and they were like, yeah, I'll have a chicken pitter, mate. I'm not going to prepare or buy the food for you. No. But you can do what you want with it in your own time. So you wouldn't buy them meat either? No, with my own money. So this is this is interesting because my family don't come over that often. And a couple of years ago, before COVID, obviously, there was like a birthday or a celebration and two people are meat eaters and they're my family. Like, So I did buy their meat, but I felt a way about it. Because I was like, oh, mm. like I don't eat or buy this. Because I know couples where like one person might be a vegetarian and one's a meat eater, but the vegetarian one will make the other person meat. Maybe I'll, no, I'm not going to do that. And I would feel a way about then using a pan and then, because if I'm not eating Yeah, that, having separate pans. Yeah, got you. But I also, I don't want to be like a Hitler about it. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to. Mm. No, because I, and, and you know, in my house, I'm the only person that eats meat. And like, since I was a kid, like my mum would make me chicken and stuff even though she didn't eat it my mom did the same for me so really actually like i shouldn't really be giving a fuck and i need to stop judging people and like let's be honest i'm probably going to be vegetarian by the end of the year anyway but i just thought it was an interesting conversation to have Mm. and one that i wanted to know more about but i think it's very personal isn't it there's no way like if you're a vegetarian you won't have the same rules as a vegetarian next to you yeah like there are vegetarians out there who will make that meat and not care but there are vegetarians out there who'll be like i won't even buy that nando's for you mate I'm trying to think if I was with someone like 10 years ago and then they at meet now. But you know what I'm like? I'm a Pisces as well. This is a Pisces trait. You learn something new and you try to tell everyone about it a little bit. So I would be like, I'd probably be like, oh, you don't even know about that yet. You don't even know about the meat industry. Oh, you're so dumb. Like I would be that person. So large, what are you saying? Thank you next to. So I think I'm saying thank you next to being judgy about people's dietary choices. Yeah, because there's a lot of things to consider as well. Like I had eczema when I was a kid, yeah, and they used to say, oh, try this, try that, try this. And no one knows. We're just trying our best, you know. A lot of things going on. Let us chill. Let us enjoy things if we want to and not if we don't. I mean, if I said this to my vegan mate, oh, let's just enjoy eating a dead animal, she'd probably punch me in the face. And I'm not saying do that. Don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It says in the notes, Hardy, that you're the biggest judgmental Judy out there. Yeah, I'm bad judgy. I try not to be. So I just wanted to know, like, when you first met me, what did you judge me about? Okay, so in one of our first episodes, you were going on about buying bare expensive trainers. So I was like, oh, God, this bougie bitch. Oh, Lord. oh yeah, bought two pairs of trainers for £800, yeah? I was like, all right, fucking hell, mate. I didn't say £800. Get you some Reeboks for 40 quid and shut your mouth. You know what I mean? I did. I bought Reeboks that day. In that bulk buy that I did, I bought Reeboks and I bought Yeezys that day. Yeah. From fucking Selfridges. And then I wanted the Comme des Garçons Nikes and my ex didn't let me buy them. Yeah, I wouldn't let you buy them. Based on the name. It's not not about being bougie. It's about being a collector. 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 Yeah. It's about being a sneakerhead. Yeah, same, mate. It's a lifestyle. (laughs) You're such a dick. I'm a sneakerhead and it's a lifestyle. I'm a lifestyle. Matt, listen. I'm business owner and it's a lifestyle. No, man. But like, you know, like, it's like, I don't know. I'm really, I love my little collection. I love my collection. Makes me happy. All right, bougie, Matt. He's not bougie. All right. So I thought you were bougie. And what was the other one I told you? Oh, yeah. You're always ready for war. But I told you that. I'm always ready for war. Bring it on. Be ready. Um, What did you judge me on? I mean, we know, innit, about ITV. I th- I was like, oh, fuck Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. How about when we actually started working together? Let's make it real. Let's make it real, shall we? To be honest, the first time I met you when we did the photo shoot, I thought you were really nice and really sweet and very like, because you were all cuddling me and stuff. And I just thought that was quite nice. I didn't judge you that day. But I did learn that you're a flirt. I didn't judge you, but I did learn that you're a flirt. Like you were flirting with Lawrence like it was no man's business, yeah? And I was just like, all right, I'm just going to turn my phone and yeah. And so that was one thing. And then 
<laughs> I haven't judged you on it, but I know that you're not um you're slow to open up about things. Like I I um once I establish I'm in a sort of friendship with someone, I'm like, here is me, here is me, and here is more of me. But you're like, okay, I'm gonna talk about this, but I can't talk to you about that. And you'll make it thingy, and I would always be like, oh. She don't like me. She's not telling me. She don't trust me. But obviously... No, it's not that. No, but obviously recently, like, that's changed. And I do think, like, the card that that lady pulled for you, your walls coming down and you being more open with me, mainly because of the pattern and we had a fight over it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we didn't actually keep that in the podcast. So basically last week we did a compatibility test on the on the app that Raj mentioned in the intro. Um, But we actually did it twice because the first time we fell out. Thank you, next. All right, we're going to get on to our third lesson. This one's a positive one. I mean, they're all positive, but this one's really positive, Polly. All right, Polly. Uh, So one taught me. Sometimes seeing yourself through other people's eyes is very helpful. Ooh, tell me more, tell me more. So when I was in school, I always felt like a bit of an outsider. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Felt like I never belonged. I think probably everyone does actually feel that way. But I did feel that way. I had so many different interests. I was a dancer for a bit. Then I wasn't a dancer for a bit. I tried to be an MC. Anyway, let's move on. Hey! Um, Spit some bars. No, shut your mouth. No. What the hell? How have you not told me this? It came out last night. By accident. You need to spit some bars. I don't. I can't spit bars. I'm not very good. Anyway, you know, I've tried a lot of things. MC Hardzilla. Making them shake like Thriller. Listening to Jay Diller. <laughs> yeah, stop now. Yeah, stop. <laughs> right. So you know Sixth Form, yeah? It's literally like you sign up for Sixth Form and then suddenly, all of a sudden, people are making decisions about their lives. That's why you have to like start doing Newcast pretty much as soon as you start Sixth Form or in the first year. Uh, what you want to do at uni and I had no idea they tell you to start thinking about it so I applied for loads of things like psychology sociology then I applied for an arts course at this college in Birmingham and it actually came to the day before and I just didn't turn up I just didn't go and I ended up spending three years at sixth form wasting time because I actually didn't know what I wanted to do I did law I did law for a bit I did dance uh I did media in this whole time all my friends had gone off to uni and I was just didn't know what I wanted to do working at my land and I was just stressed as fuck. And I kept getting like abscesses all over my body. Honestly, I had it like probably about 10 times. I have to go on a course of antibiotics and get rid of this. I say it's stress. The doctor told me I kept getting ingrown hairs. During this time, I was really stressed. I was also seeing this guy who was breadcrumbing me. And uh, he would treat me like his girlfriend. and But just pretend he didn't like me. But he obviously did because he spent all his time talking to me. So we spent a lot of time together. And yeah, I'm not saying he was the greatest romantic pursuit that there was I was obviously really really stressed about what to do and then he was like have you ever thought about working in media have you ever thought about being a journalist and I mean these are not things that I ever like the seed that he planted made me take a look at myself and be like Hadeep you listen to the radio every single day and you really like it maybe that's something you should work in And yeah, it was just someone around me seeing the skill set that I had, seeing what I was good at, seeing what I was interested in and just being like, hey, maybe do this. And just them being able to recognize what I was good at when I couldn't recognize it myself. So, yeah, it was good to just go around and ask people, not everyone, some people, you know, oh, I don't know what to do. What do you what do you think my skills are? Blah, blah. And look where it led me. So, yeah. That was my story. No, that's really, really good because um, obviously some most of the times when, as we touched on earlier, most people would be like, are you mad? You can't do that. You can't do that. Like whenever I'd be like, I'm doing this, I want to do this. And they'd be like, oh, I don't see you as that, but mm. maybe you're more this. And it would just be mm. like, no, keep your shit to yourself. But when you said that, there have been certain people in my life where they've made me do things that I probably wouldn't have done had they not had suggested it or pushed it my way. For example, when I was working at the BBC and I was a producer, Haroon was the entertainment reporter and he needed someone to cover him. He knew that my stance on entertainment was completely different to his stance on entertainment, but he was like, yeah, she'll put her in. And he recommended me and they hired me to be the entertainment reporter whenever he was away, which was a lot because he had loads of leave. But it was great because it was like, all of a sudden I was this on-air persona and I remember coming out after doing my first entertainment report and I came out of the little studio 
and everyone was outside clapping and i was like what the fuck oh my god that's amazing is going on like the whole office was clapping and i was like oh Everyone likes me. And then they were all like, you're a star, Raj. You're this. Da, 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 da. And I was like, well, it's a shame your network doesn't know that. <laughs> I, was, I was a little bitch. But it was great because, it, you know, Haroon actually, by doing that, encouraged me to get back into presenting because I was presenting years ago. But once I got my first proper BBC job, I was a producer and that was it. I left it at that. I didn't present anymore. Mm. But that was really nice. And I feel like that started this whole journey of me being in front of a mic. And if that didn't happen, I probably, I don't know if I would, be in front of a mic right now. I don't know where I'd be. Mm. Even when the reality tea was happening and we weren't supposed to present it, Neil would be like, oh, she was, she's an ex-entertainment presenter. Do you know what I mean? And I'd be like, oh, okay. All right, cool. And I never felt like I was, you know, it was just I was just filling in for Haroon in my head, but actually it was much bigger than that. And it was really important that Haroon actually saw that in me and was like, she knows her shit, like, and she can talk on air. Let's, let's do this. So that was great. That's really nice. The other time, the thing that's happened recently, which is really weird, very, very weird. So obviously there's a pen pal in my life, I guess. We might even be friends. I don't know. We might even be, is it, fr we're friendly, definitely. Um, and I don't know why, but randomly, obviously we've been talking for months on end. And I told him one day that, oh, I should have been on my second career by now. And we got into it and he was like, so what is, what is your deal? And I was like, my second career, I should be writing. I need to be directing and doing all of that stuff. And I don't know, when Emily in Paris came out, we were talking about it and I was saying how shit it was and that I could write a thesis on how shit it is. And I think I might have expressed that I've been really shit with my writing. And then he was like, write a thesis on it then, do it. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. But a couple of months later, I actually have started writing a thesis on it. Last night, me and Hardy were doing something and I was writing and I made this face and she was like, you look like Jane the Virgin. Oh, so <laughs> funny. Raj was writing and then suddenly like fucking something hit, struck her and she was just like. <laughs> what is that? You have to describe that to the listener. <laughs> it was it was just like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got that. It was so funny. And she was just laughing for ages. But it's like, that's how it was when I was just, I've only written my plan out of what I'm writing, what I'm going to do. Good. So I actually have to go back and watch all of Emily in Paris. But it's weird because it's like, this person, I don't know what he is in my life. I don't know. Somehow or another, he's prompted me with my writing, which I've been struggling with for ages. Sometimes people can uh, push you in a little direction. I had a friend, a couple, like, I think last year I was writing little comments about India matchmaking and she was like, you should write an article about this. And I was like, oh my God, I should. These people are fucking amazing. You know, ideasy people that are your friends that see you and just give you a little nudge. I love that, man. People should do that more. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely important sometimes to see yourself afresh through other people's eyes and let them just suggest something to you and actually take that suggestion on board rather than being like, you're a dickhead. I'm not listening to anything you've got to say to me. Thank you, people, for being in our lives. Thank you, listener. Oh, 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 oh. And if there's someone you want to shout out for being that light, that light. Yeah, tell us your story. Hi, thank you. Next podcast at gmail.com. A hundred percent. But how do you like, so to recap, what are you saying thank you next to? I'm saying thank you next to not asking the people around you for help because sometimes they can see things that you might overlook. Yeah, and being open to those suggestions sometimes. Yeah, dude, totally. Thank you next. As promised now, we're going to do an oracle reading for Hardy. I've got my deck of oracle cards. I'm scared. We're going to just open them out. So I need to know what is the question that you're going to ask. What question should I ask, Raj? No, you need to, it has to come from you. I can't influence you. So it can be like something you need to know for the next six months. It can be like something you need to know in your love life. It can be like something you want to know about work. Oh, I want to go with work. Can we go with work? What do you want to do then? Something you need to know about work? Yes. Or is there anything specific about work that you want to know about? I feel a lot of frustrations. Can the cards tell you something about what you're frustrated about at work, yeah? No, I know what I'm frustrated about. Oh, about easing your frustrations at work. <sighs> Just, what do I fucking do, mate? How do I get past this? What to do about this current situation at work? Yeah. Is that what you're saying, yeah? In the work, in the career sphere, not not a specific job. In the career sphere, okay. Okay, so how Pav does this is she does a shuffle thing and the card just falls out. So I'm going to see if that happens. That doesn't always happen for me. 
I'm really shit at shuffling these cards, by the way. But people do this on TikTok and like the card just flips out. This is not usually how I do it. Usually I, I get the person to pick a card like, and I put the cards out and it's whatever you're drawn to. Okay. So I could do that if this doesn't work. But um, no, a whole bunch of cards have just fallen out. So I'm just going to keep going. But let's uh, focus on those frustrations at work right now. I'm focusing. Okay, let me close my eyes and really get that. Yeah, just think about them. Oh, fuck it. And your career and wanting to be focused on a solution and what the solution might be. Okay. Okay. Got a card for you. Okay. This is your card. It's called the Age of Light. <laughs> and it says right. you've been training for this for lifetimes. Okay, you ready? <laughs> I'm nervous. So mystics and sages throughout the ages have predicted this period in history and you decided to incarnate in the middle of it. So clearly we're in the shit of it all because, you know, 2020 has happened. People have been predicting that this is going to happen. And it's a very conscious decision you've made to be here at this specific time. So it says there's no mistake that you're supposed to be here in this time of great change. If you ever feel unprepared or daunted by the path that is calling you, which you might feel now with all the frustrations that you're feeling towards work-related things and career-related things, it says that you need to know that you've been training for this for lifetimes. You're way more than the days that have breathed you in this life. You're also all of the lifetimes that came before. All of these experiences have polished your soul into the most magnificent expression that is your true authentic self, which you know you share a lot with yourself on this podcast, on your Insta, on your socials. Ow. Then it says your soul has a lot of facets. So imagine a fingerprint. Your soul is a million more times intricate than that fingerprint. So if you put together all of the fingerprints of all the people that you've been, you wouldn't even get close to fathoming how much of a unique masterpiece you are. So you probably don't recognize how talented you are and how you're meant for this career. And you might doubt yourself, but it says that you came in with a clear soul plan. You came in with wisdom beyond your years. This is the part of you that longs to be seen. And obviously this is how you want to be seen as well. And this is the part of you that is ready to step forward and it's ready to emerge. So you need to kind of stop holding yourself back and stop hiding and you have to step forward and you have to be seen and you have to rise. So anything that you want to go for right now, you need to go for it fully, wholeheartedly with confidence and not expect it to come to you. You have to step forward to get it. Just to let you guys know, me and Hardeep did have a very long chat that is not going to be on this podcast. Uh, sorry, but it was too deep, but she's very happy with the reading. Five star review, yeah? I'm not offering oracle readings to everyone. Oh. Just to let you know, I'm not offering oracle readings to everyone. They're only for my friends. We want more reviews, actually. If you leave a really good review, yeah, and then write us an email, she'll do you a reading. Bang. I'm offering Raja services. Uh, pimping me out and that. Pimping you out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thank You Next. Make sure you share this episode with someone who you think might benefit from having an oracle reading or they might benefit from hearing some of the shit we've said. Maybe they got given really shit advice and someone was projecting their fears onto them. Yeah, and you want some good advice. Well, you know what to do if you want some good advice. You leave us a good review, then drop us the email and we will give you an oracle reading bang there you go i've decided that we are not going to wait for the pamper stuff that the brand said they were going to send us because they haven't sent it yet so we will be sending out pamper packages next week once me and hardy meet up and swap all of our stuff so whoever we've promised that to is coming to you if any of the stuff that we've spoken about today if if it if you made you think oh i've experienced that or i've been through that or, oh that was similar to the, the time that thing happened tell us about it send us a voice note or email us at hi thank you next podcast at gmail.com or you can slide into the dms up on the socials where thank you next pod on insta tiktok and twitter if you like what you heard make sure you hit subscribe on acast spotify apple 
or wherever you listen to your podcast i mean i prefer um apple if anyone's asking and um don't forget to give us a review i'm on spotify oh yeah i don't know why i listen on spotify even though i don't use apple Podcasts enough interesting interesting you know i'm one of those people i have a spotify subscription and i have an apple oh, music subscription nah. i ain't got either of those yeah i put it on my business account by the way yeah, yeah i know guys you can do that i'm such a chabadi you're a chabadi <laughs> gmat you work in a i'm such a chabadi man you work in an internet cafe or whatever i do i got a polish girlfriend no, and she doesn't even love she you she cheated and on then she me. robs you in the night whatever all right cool she takes my mercedes all right we'll be back next week more shit we want to say thank you next to bye bye hardeep's had a cough and i'm gonna have to edit it out of the whole podcast because she's got a cough it's not covid it's not covid but yeah we're really going now see you later thanks for